Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to an emergency man on the post uh, episode. Um, I am filling in as host Adam and I'm joined by Emma. Hello. Ali. Evening. A rare appearance from Ryan. Hello. And an even rarer appearance from Andy. The red-headed ch- stepchild returns. <laughs> <laughs> and um, well, I think most of us, are, there's a lot of anger brewing in the world of football right now because, um, well... I, I, I'm the outsider here, right? I'm the only one whose club hasn't backstabbed football. Uh, but I'm, fe- I'm feeling pretty good about life right now. But um, Ryan, if you could, f- f- Ryan, uh, Ryan, help me fill in some of the details because most of this I've learned from things that you shared in the group. So <laughs> you're you're all over this as the as the news was breaking sort of yesterday. The first I heard was was actually from Chris when he shared the. The story was breaking in, I believe, in France, and the Le Keep editor was reporting it. And I, at that point, I thought, nah, this is rubbish. Um, we thought it was all rubbish back when it first came up. You know, when was it? Last year? Middle of last year or something? When, you know, this con- this concept of a European Super League and Manchester United and Liverpool, you know, the enemy, um, were trying to backstab football. And then they turned around and said, oh, no, it's just conversations, nothing's happening. And now we come to, you know, April 18th, you know, the day what people are saying football died. You know, it's a little <laughs> bit much. But, um, but it's, it's not great. As, as of as of today, we have what a, a proposed 12-team European Super League consisting of uh, Manchester United, Manchester City, Liverpool, Arsenal, Chelsea, Tottenham, Real Madrid, Barcelona, uh, Atletico Madrid... Inter and AC Inter, Milan. Inter, AC Milan yeah. and Juve. No relegation, no promotion. A lot no. of clubs are going to be really lucky to go to qualify for it, though. This is, a, you know, an important piece of information is that there are, you know, well, this there are three supposed teams that have signed up but haven't gone public, or they're expecting three teams to become the founding members, which also doesn't make too much sense at this point in time, and then. The, the other five clubs will be able to play for the right to be in the league. So now, the, the idea, right, right, is that there will be 15 founding members and, like you said, five sort of qualifiers. Or is it, are they going to be qualifiers? There might be invitational people, right? It's going to be like when Japan plays in the Copa America. Um, but well, And then they're going to play in two leagues of 10 and then sort of have a, a knockout competition, which wasn't too dissimilar to something that Ali suggested about it being or, or like an Americanized system and sort of, that's not far away from conferences and uh, 
and sort of an NFL style sort of and a Super Bowl situation, which I suppose would be a, a huge ratings grab. But I suppose <coughs> we just go one by one, right? And seeing you're you're the, you're the club, you're the guys whose clubs have sort of, as I said, backstab football. Ryan, what's your initial feeling of of Chelsea being involved in a in all of this? I was I was pretty fuming last night because you know you, you see all the rumours yesterday and you, you think this can't happen. You know the, the outcry that was happening during say the United game yesterday, where people were just talking about it. And you think they're not actually going to announce it. Surely they've seen the immediate reaction and they're not going to announce it. And then all the clubs just come out with the statement following the main statement from the ESL themselves, and you just think why? What? Why? <laughs> There are a couple of like random thoughts here, and it's like, why not wait until the end of the season, first of all, to at least have this conversation? Why do it on a Sunday night at half ten or half eleven, whatever time they actually, wherever they were in the world when they announced it? But it's just, I don't see the point. Uh, it is money related. I think that's pretty obvious and clear that it's all about money. But all these people that own these clubs don't need the money. Roman certainly doesn't need the money. Um, I think what I was most almost disappointed in is, as a Chelsea fan, we've actually, uh, the club have come out of the pandemic looking not too bad for themselves. You know, the work that they've done with the NHS, the stuff that they've done with the hotel at the ground, you know, all the relatively small things in the grand scheme of things, don't get me wrong. You know, Roman Abramovich has always shown at least some care towards the community yeah, around you, the ground. You, you didn't sack a mascot. Well, no, yeah, we didn't. We didn't sack a mascot or furlough staff or anyone. Like, you know, everyone got paid the full amount. You know, Roman covered costs. You know, I mean, the club would have covered the cost, but ultimately, you know, Roman would have. You, you would have imagined signed off on that decision. So he certainly doesn't need the money. And it's just, it's such a horrible time. It, you know, it's been a weird season anyway with Frank going and the way that the, the club's changed a little bit again. And then just to turn around and to be part of it. And then you see the rumours today that they were backed into a corner. It's just, it's spineless. It really is. You know, we're basically, oh, well, if everyone else wants to go play with each other, we don't want to be left on the side. So we're going to come with. And it's just such a pathetic excuse. And it's just, I could, I could run for hours. So I'm going to stop there. But yeah, I hate it. There you go. <laughs> Emma Ryan's got a bit of a point here about the money and, if, if there's nothing, if there's anything that will solve a billion dollar debt crisis, it's the the potential promise of five billion dollars in revenue per club, right? We need that money. <laughs> we really need that money. There's there's no getting around it. I mean, it's st- it's still. I don't know whether it is illegal for them to do this without. Uh, Barcelona fans at least voting on it because our membership is obviously different. So there's 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 a couple of interesting interesting points I want to come back to on on, on Spain and things like that. But so, but initially, sort of, again, I'm guessing the reaction in in Spain why wider Spain has been uh, as disastrous as it has been in England. Yeah, not not pro, not pro. Um, I think the best sign of that I saw was uh, was. Uh, Real Betis removing the free teams <laughs> from the league yeah. on their website. That and was it, great. I did enjoy that. And I know you did not win the cup last weekend. And I know that by doing that, that did mean that they were putting themselves into the Champions League spot. 
But <laughs> it did also mean that they were suggesting that Seville were top of Seville were top of the league, which I think is going to hurt would hurt them more. So I think they they were really were showing just how uh, how much it hurt them. I think the main um, kind of I want to say it's surprise, but it's not really surprise because this was all orchestrated by the true evil Florentino Perez. Uh, and Real Madrid, which is well, I think I, I, I think it was I think it was the four figureheads of evil, right? The Mount Rushmore, the Mount Rushmore of evil was is, yeah. is uh, what um, Florentino Perez, Ed Woodward, uh, uh, John Henry, and um, um, I've forgotten his name, Agnelli. <laughs> What a group. It's yeah. gonna be good. It's gonna be financially good for my football club, and I hate that. But is, does, does the revamped Champions League not solve some of these problems? I know, and I know that the financial difference is going to be absolutely like I, I know that that's still going to be huge. But uh, well, I mean, let's put it: the revamped Champions League is one thing. But if we, moving on, uh, we're forgetting that um, that Andy's an Arsenal fan. Then there's no there's oh, no revamped no. Champions League for them. They're finishing ninth. <laughs> They're, they're lucky. This is, they're lucky to be involved. Andy's grabbing this so, with both hands, right? So yeah, I should preface this by pointing out that Arsenal are my second club. My first club are the new favourites from next season's Champions League, the glorious Glasgow Rangers. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I buy in PSG, no problem. Right. Um, not no, uh, so. I mean, this has been coming for years with Arsenal. You know, Stan Kroenke has made it clear that he sees Arsenal as nothing more than a franchise. He, um, and pardon my French, can get fucked. Um, but yeah, it's just that this whole thing's been been coming for a long time. You know, the big picture stuff that happened earlier on this season really did feel like the tipping point for this. That that to me, that's when it became clear that certainly the English clubs at that point, obviously, we didn't know about the the Super League. Uh, that those so-called big clubs uh, don't care about grassroots English football, um, don't care about, as Liverpool very classily called them, their legacy fans, um, which is one of the most disgusting terms I think I've ever heard used about football fans ever. Um, They don't care about those fans anymore. What they care about are the billion fan but you know we're talking several hundred million Manchester United fans in Asia in America and so on who don't get to see them play at Old Trafford in the flesh anyway and watch all those games on television and those are arguably where most of those clubs revenues is coming in these days so yeah nothing about this is Hugely surprising, bar the timing and the the very sudden nature of it. Um, that, that doesn't mean I'm happy about it. Like I said, um, I've been an Arsenal man for you know over thirty years at this point. I remember back when you know they were playing under George Graham and you know high playing at Highbury and all the rest of it, and just seeing them seeing where they've gone in recent years and seeing where this has all ended up, it kind of feels like the natural end for Arsenal. 
Um, and unfortunately, yeah, a, a somewhat natural end for, for European football. So, <clears throat> there is no light without shade, though, Ali, is there? And so why don't you tell us why you're, you're, you have slightly more positive feelings about this? I, I just... Uh... I don't see the what's negative, especially for all the clubs that that said it. It's um, the timing was perfectly timed due to UEFA's announcement of the new Champions League, which all these big clubs are against, um, and it's been pretty well documented since it was since it was introduced. I think it was about six months ago that the, this idea came about that they were revamping the Champions League. So all these clubs were against that. Then it's it's always been about gaining more revenue in the leagues um, without. These clubs, not sure how Spurs are involved in it, to be honest, um, in general. But without your United, Liverpool's, Chelsea, City, nobody's paying any money for the Premier League. So it's always about trying to get that, almost that streaming service coming across. Adam, I don't know how many times I've heard you say you're not interested in the Champions League until the last eight, um, last 16, maybe a push. Chris just doesn't Um, listen. I have to tell him every time. (laughs) <laughs> and, 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 and Emma, you're you're almost the same. We, we couldn't care less about stages. Yeah. Um, all the people who are outraged were the same ones who wanted San Marino to qualify for European qualifiers. This is no different. Like oh, I didn't, just... I didn't. I'm just going to put that out there. I, I was very against San Marino no, being. I, the I don't mean like yourselves. I mean like all the the, the Gary Nevilles and the Gary Linekers of the world complaining. But they'll be the first people to take jobs at Sky when Sky bid for the rights to have this on TV. It's I just don't see, until we know full details or final exploits of it all, I'm not sure what negative comes from this. It's not affecting the domestic leagues any of the clubs are wanting to. It's not like they're wanting to leave the leagues. I, Me, personally, I'd love Liverpool to leave it to become that, that model that I said to you in the WhatsApp group, Adam, about the, the NFL franchise, the playoffs, the groups, one big Super Bowl. I'd quite happily if that was what Liverpool were playing in. So, uh, what I would say to that is that if you look around um, the wider European football, there's enough leagues that where the competitive balance is completely ruined by the ability for one or two teams to have access to Champions League football and, and the money that makes. Now, when you multiply that by five and turn it into a, like a £5 billion closed shop, how can you legitimately say that you can still have these six teams in England's case these three teams in uh, Italy and, and Spain's case still playing in a league where no one else has access to anywhere near that sort of of firepower in terms of financial ability okay just look back in the last 30 years of the Premier League on who's qualified for Europe who's been in those positions it's it's almost a closed group as it is so this again this becomes nothing new apart from um, is it a closed I mean, group well i can no, think no, of it no. i think i can get to 10 can you for top from top fours say even go to top four well there's a six the six that are six that are joining that's just fine so again leicester right which is for two three seasons maybe two um seasons, out of 30 years you know, why are we talking about 30 years? But the, the, the point is... Because the, this is how long this has been going on, Ryan. This is what I mean. Since Sky took over football in 92... There's a big difference, Ali. And the big difference for me is that is that this... The, the, the attempt to try and create this 
this Super League is tr- is fundamentally trying to break the link between um, reward and achievement. So if you look at the teams that they might not have made it to the very top of of the game, but if you look at a team like Swansea, who who near who fifteen years ago nearly got rele- relegated out of the football league altogether, they have been able to make it all the way back to to European football. Let uh, the the must. How low did Leicester go? Did Leicester go down to to League One? League One, yeah. And they they've managed to come come back. Like what what they're saying is that it is fine for these teams. It's not fine, but it's acceptable, I suppose, for a lot of people, for these teams to um, achieve well in in their domestic competition, be rewarded with European football, make more money. But like, there's still a risk for them that they might fall out. All of those teams, like we said, have fallen out at one point or another, and I've, I've had to do to dig deep uh, to a certain depth to tr- to get back into it. But what? these clubs are trying to do is just remove that they just they essentially want to be able to print money just because they're manchester united or they're liverpool this is what makes this is what doesn't make sense about i mean sorry it does make sense about arsenal and tottenham they'd be snapping hands off they can't get into the champions league they can't get into these european competitions in in the league and you look at arsenal over the past what five years and yet they're still classified as a top six club and it's because of marketing because they are a big known club but from an achievement well, it's to do with they're, what, they're it's to do with what Andy said about that Arsenal is, is like is what Andy was saying about reach right so Arsenal haven't won a, a domestic title in 17 years but they still have a huge fan base in this country and are probably maybe the what they're probably still in the top four yeah, no, supported teams out, outside yeah. I get that, and I get, I get why they've been invited uh, in terms of, you know, competitive difference or whatever. You know, Tottenham and, and Arsenal would be absolutely, are going to be absolutely gassed that they, they're going to be in this league because it it, 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 revol- it removes any doubt of them. I mean, if they finish fourth in the Super League, who cares, right? Then then they're never going to win it. You know, I mean, we don't even know realistically what that whole thing looks like in terms of what do you actually get when you win it? And what do you get when you get to a semi-final? And I think we need to look at it as realistically as, and I get what Ali's saying, but there is no way that these clubs coexist in the Premier League as it stands. They can't, regardless of whether they're going to come out and say it's going to be in the domestic league, there is no way that this is going to happen. And they're going to split from the Prem. They're probably going to play more games in the Super League as a result because they've got more time. Well, and it's, What's so... the point? Um, so that I, I suppose that moves us on to sort of the the well, there's been a wide negative reaction, but sort of what are being talked about as like the consequences of this so far. And um, obviously, Ryan, you said that you've been sort of seething ever since this sort of story was breaking. I've kind of become more and more militant about it over uh, over today, mate. Really, um, and, and got more angry, angry myself. And I kind of look at it now and think that effectively. This is a an attempted coup, right? This is yeah. This is an attempted coup. Why is everyone Gary um, Gary Lineker's tweeting suggesting that we need to like try and bring these people back to the table and like well, just sod them, let them go. Like I mean, I think that they've overplayed their. I personally think that these clubs have overplayed their hand and that what they have an- anticipated 
which is something that um, I was talking. We were talking with Chris about in the chat earlier. Was that each league, La Liga, would look at it and say, "Well, La Liga's nothing without having without Barcelona and Real Madrid. We 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 need to have." Classicos, we need it. They bring in all our revenue. It's for all the other. It's for the benefit of all the other clubs that they're still here. So we'll keep them and we'll let them stay, and they can just we'll let them do what they want. The same with the Premier League that that they thought that the Premier League would be um, would cut out of their wishes and just say we still want you. We still want you. You're the six six biggest clubs. We'll keep you. But I think what they've found is that football in itself has showed a united front and has turned around and said no there was there was a what was it a combined statement from all of the leagues the FAs and UEFA and FIFA that basically just said you're 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 out in the cold if you do this uh, i don't think they were anticipating that no they they definitely weren't they you know they were to get ahead of the UEFA announcement, it was to scare UEFA into making a last-minute change. Realistically, in terms of in terms of remuneration for the services that they bring to the sport, is the way that they play it. And I just think if they could have collectively worked with UEFA to, even if it was a an, a different upper echelon of a Champions type league thing, maybe maybe it could have worked. But the the problem is they've not approached it in the right way and they've said about oh we'll put money into gra- into grassroots how are they going to put money if they're not affiliated with any other sporting body in, in the game how are they going to support grassroots football and I think in terms of the Premier League thing we're talking about two, two of these teams Chelsea and City 15-20 years ago were not big Premier League teams the Premier League will move on it will take time but it will move on you're seeing teams coming through now I think Leicester have been incredibly consistent over the past four or five years. They would, you know, if, if they continue going the way that they're going, they've definitely got an opportunity to become a big, bigger club. I'll, I'll put that in, in gradation marks because, you know, yeah, we, both Chelsea and City had a history. It was a very small history in terms of success. But, you know, the Premier League, they, they, they certainly wouldn't have been classed as a massive club in the Prem until the past sort of 15, 20 years or so, same with City, since the money. So I can't see that the Premier League would suddenly turn around and go, I think United and Liverpool would be the ones that will hurt them the most. But would people just move on? I I think they probably would. So I'll leave it to anyone to, to want to shout out and kind of, because we are kind of living in a um, a, a Twitter bubble where there's, there's rumour and counter-rumour sort of coming at us all sort of times, but sort of... This, I don't know what sort of consequences people have have seen and sort of action times. I've there's obviously been talk of expulsion from all competitions involved, um, players being banned from all UEFA and FIFA competitions, so that any player playing for them would wouldn't be into, wouldn't be able to play for the national team. Some of them I've seen are suggesting that um, that these teams could be kicked out. At, of the Champions League as early as Friday, which um, I think I make makes PSG the winner. That is how I and think that's we were when for... PSG announced they are joining the European <laughs> the next day. I think we are approaching the, the biggest probably week in, in we've seen in European football in a very long. I mean, you know, the, the FA have got to make a decision about the League Cup final 
on Sunday, realistically, that has got to be a decision that if they're if these teams aren't going to be playing in the FA Cup or the Carabao Cup next season or the Premier League, whatever you know, whether it's next season, the season after, do they still let that final go ahead? They have to almost let the game go. But what do they have? What do they do with the prize? Do they say, well, well, the, you know, there's also well, yeah, they have to make it at some point. A line has to be drawn, right? Because Liverpool are playing right now. Yeah, uh, and you know, Chelsea playing tomorrow night in Brighton. You know, yeah, the, the questions are being asked, and nothing's been happening. Sorry, Ali. We're currently in the top four now as well, just the way the result's going. So, again, it's implications. And, then, you know, as you said about the Champions League, you know, there's, there's what, two semi-finals? When is it? Next next week, a couple of weeks' no, time? It's next week, something like that. Again, if UEFA are going to make the decision, supposedly, by Friday. They could even, in theory, make it tomorrow. And the Premier League... At, the, the other fourteen Premier League teams are apparently meeting tomorrow. It does sound to like it. it does sound like there's a UEFA meeting on Friday as well, something along those lines. So I, I don't know, Andy. Anything that you've, any feelings you have on sort of the punishments that could be dealt out? Yeah. Um, to me, the goal with the Super League is for these clubs to eventually be able to leave the domestic leagues and. Given that, so you think they I want to? They want that. Yeah, I think they want that. Um, I, I don't think that if they have got this close shop and they're making that amount of money, there is nothing to be gained from them staying within their domestic leagues. Um, it is very clear that they, as Alice suggested, are looking to head towards something like an NFL franchise model. And if that's the case, I think the domestic leagues should be prepared to help them on their way by expelling them and I, I don't say that lightly that was the first thing that came into my head when I saw all this yesterday and I thought right okay I'll take my time I'll do some reading I've seen nothing that's changed my mind um, as far as I'm concerned they should be gone now um, I'd, <laughs> I'd, 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 I'd have my initial thoughts as well were that well there's an easy way for UEFA and FIFA to deal with this turn around and say, well, we're withdrawing the registration of your players. Uh, we hold the registration. We're not giving you those registrations. Uh, they can they can play for you, but any players, like, essentially a transfer ban. I suppose uh, the problem... If, if FIFA and UEFA want to get really petty about this, and let's be honest, knowing FIFA and UEFA as we do, there's absolutely no reason to believe they won't look to do something like this. Um... I could see them last minute kind of turning around and saying, okay, you leave for the Euro, uh, European Super League. In five to ten years, you'll all be sending out amateur teams because we're not going to allow you to complete any transfers from FIFA and UEFA registered players. I, I get that, but I think that the problem is perhaps that the whole thing goes a step further and is played outside the realms of FIFA or UEFA at all, right? So... They don't recognise FIFA or UEFA's registration, so they they just they're playing for for them, and yeah, it's com- it's completely outside of like FIFA have no jurisdiction over it. Um, no, I, I think the, so. The, which is the where the logical step I think for that is that could the next step of that be could this trigger the the death of international football? Yes, oh, that's the dream. Emma's on board now. 
All of a sudden, all of a sudden, the debt's gone. And there's no international football. All of our debt's gone. There's no international football. Where do I sign? FIFA <laughs> and UEFA are going to back down eventually over this. Like maybe not back down to the point, like given what they want. But where are UEFA and FIFA making the money on World Cups and European Championships if they expel these players? Because players don't play for the love of the game anymore. Let's be honest. For that's been gone for years. Messi is getting paid a million pound a week, as like we we talk about. Well, players are going to get. More of this. I mean, how much do NFL stars get paid, Adam? You know what I mean? The, the money they're on is ridiculous. So if they go down a very similar route to this Super League, think of the money that these players are going to be able to get paid. Nobody's going to watch. Wow. Oh, interesting. That's an interesting... We can talk about that in a second. But actually, the, the players are kind of the ones who are being screwed in this whole scenario. Uh, yeah. Are they though? Right? Yes. So, yes. Yeah. Because, so, so you're going to talk about the salary cap. Yeah. Yeah. But there's going to be a low base as well. You'll find the the average squad player is going to be earning more than they were domestically. But you that, sal- that salary that salary cap is not just salaries. That's transfers as well. So what they've done is imposed a. They've they've imposed that there to, so they can just that's what. Allows them to turn them into into money printing machines, right? Five hundred million a year. <laughs> well, hang on. I think the whole salary thing. I think you know. I think that is a big generalization about saying that players don't play for the love of the game anymore. I oh. I, I wholeheartedly disagree with that statement. That there, there are players out there. Definitely, listen. There are players out there that are playing for their paycheck, and that's it. They don't care. Right, but you cannot tell me that a lot of these young let's let's talk about the young English players, for example, don't play because they love playing football. There's no right. I, I yeah, agree. A week's definitely helping them though. I agree I agree with all with both of you all of you on both sides of this, but I think essentially like I don't the question is, is there a finite amount of, there's a finite amount of money, there is a finite amount of money, but are we is this money all coming sort of at the expense of the the Premier League, does the Premier League all of a sudden become some some pauper, or is there still good some money? Farmers League, good money to be spent where players can earn. Players aren't going to go to earning five hundred quid a week in the Premier League, are they? Let, let's be no, serious. The question will come is that players are by nature competitive, so will want to play at the highest level, which will be considered to be the European Super League. Some of them will want to make as much money as possible. And very, I'm not sure how many of them would be willing, would not be willing, sorry, to sacrifice potentially if that the option was then sacrificing playing for your country to play at the highest level and earn huge amounts of money. But yeah, that's where I think the I don't I don't think they'll ever stop the whole playing for your country because if you start taking out these elite players who are under contract with these clubs who will want to earn as much money as they can to provide for families, etc., etc., futures. Who's going to pay to watch the countries without... You know, I think I, I was listening to a, a radio show today and a podcast that the, the French would be literally without their full squad. Um, bar maybe three players. Mm-hmm. And, and their favourites for the next European Championships. Who's paying to watch the European Championships? Well, I mean, I don't want to watch international football as it is, but who's paying to watch it without the elite players? The Premier League turns into... I mean, Andy can attest by like Scottish football gets literally no investment at all because nobody watches it. Bar the old firm fans, 
you've got a minimal viewership. The Premier League becomes that. Spain, the same, take out Real Madrid, Barcelona, Atletico, the three teams talking about, they already take the, the largest proportion of the money, don't they? And then what does it become? But are we really saying that the whole game could be held hostage by 12 clubs? Financially, I, I do believe so, yeah. I think if you take out these... I mean, do you want to go and spend £30, £40 a month to watch Burnley Crystal Palace? I already do that. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's again because of the six clubs involved. That's why there's so much money in the goal, and that's why Sky can charge that amount of money. But why am I going to pay £30, £40 a month to watch Liverpool play Real Madrid for the eighth time in a season? It's, I, yeah. I, I don't get that argument. This idea that you'll be happy to season. watch them. It's going to be no different to watching Liverpool Man City twice a season. But, <laughs> but, it's, but the whole... The whole uh, thrill of European football up until now, and it, it's no thrill it's of European football. This, nah, come on, Ali. That's that's. Uh, don't get me wrong. It's not quite what it was. You know, it's I, terrible. I said earlier on today that I, there was nothing more enjoyable for me than in the mid nineties when you could settle down on a Wednesday night to watch Man United play Barcelona. Games finishing two. Years. <laughs> At most once a season, but in actual fact, because of who qualified and who didn't and, and draws and so on, you were seeing their matches maybe once every three, four seasons. If you're telling me, you know, I love steak, you give me steak every night of the week, but within a month I'm fed up with it. I don't want to, I don't want to eat any more steak. Um, that, to me, this is no different. Oh, great. You talk, it's the same reason why I don't get the, the international football argument either. The international tournaments, the World Cup in particular, is still the only opportunity to see the world's best European uh, sides going up against the best South American sides and all the rest of it uh, out with uh, club football. And if I'm seeing that every week, I I just don't see... The the NFL's got it right by only having 16 games a season because, see, if they were, were doing the same, if they all played each other twice a season, so it was like 36... 32 games, whatever it would end up being, the the, the joy for the Super Bowl would be gone because. Yeah. So that's, I, that's and, and you, you make a really good point point there, there, Andy. And this is something that, and I I just cover this quickly because I don't want to go take on too much of a sidebar. But I just ex, explain something on another podcast I was listening to. They were talking. They were sort of a couple of months ago. They were designing what an ideal European Super League would look by if you were doing it sort of. By geography, and I think that actually, if they were going to do this properly, sort of like a two conference, um, a two conference, like 32 team, proper divisional, sort of regional as well. So, in the same way that that is done, where you could have so you can still have your rivalries, right? So, you could still have um, a south division or whatever, where you can have. You can protect your your half classicos, and that you know that they're going to happen relatively often. You can have derby detailers. You could have if you're going to do it properly, geography. You'd have Rangers and Celtic, and you could have old firm derbies and these sorts of things. But the other teams aren't. They're not playing all of the other teams all the time. There is some sort of um, scarcity of seeing certain teams play each other. There's a, there's a certain appeal to that if you were going to do it properly, but. Let's not not go down that that road too much. One of the things that we put, picked up on, the, on a little bit at the beginning, and as Emma said, that that 
things are a little different in Spain, right? I must say, well, there's a, a there's there's some legal wranglings. In theory. In theory. Yeah. Yeah, so I was reminded today that our outgoing president, Bartomeu, on his resignation speech, said that he'd signed Barcelona up to the European Super League. Oh, I'd forgotten about that. Mm-hmm. So I'd hi. Yeah, <laughs> so I tried to forget that he exists because he's in jail. <laughs> it's easy then. Uh, Just don't go visit him. Right. Not anymore. <laughs> Not after last time. Uh so way our club is owned very differently from Liverpool, Manchester United, everybody in England, I think. You don't do fan shares, right? No. And so and like you're gonna as you're gonna say here, this could be a very interesting point to what Ryan was saying as well about so those those teams that are un, unnamed, right, Ryan? Mm-hmm. Could be some German teams, right, who can't who couldn't go out on a limb and and name themselves. from the Black Forest area. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure one of them is from the industrial heartland of Dortmund as well. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure one of them makes an awfully good fizzy drink. <laughs> our, our fans, according to our club statute, have to sign off on these types of things. They have to put it to a vote of the members. I'm a member. I'm not going to vote for it. It'll be just me with my one banner outside. <laughs> <laughs> just people, just people throwing things at you, telling you, reminding you about how the debt's gone. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But l- legally, I don't think. So that'd be an that interesting one, right? Sign up to this unilateral of where, the, where the sort of where the presidential powers stop and a referendum is is needed, right? Yeah. See now I want now really know why Florentino Perez won his um election unopposed. <laughs> it's funny that, isn't it? And the other yeah, thing... we would need a referendum and we only just had one. It took six months to organise. So we're not they wouldn't be starting this August then, right? Because they're starting in the <laughs> <laughs> We wouldn't be, we'd be out. They're starting in the August that is most appropriate or whatever. Yeah, I just I just wanted to. There was a couple of so you know we're talking about European nights or whatever in terms of the you know it, the magic of Europe is that yeah you get to see your team play against or you know you get to see these top teams play against each other once every couple of seasons every few seasons. No one could convince me that Chelsea Real Madrid for example probably weird considering they're in semi final won't turn into what the top six games have become this season, pretty much all nil-nils. You know, the magic of Europe now is that you have to go for it. But if you're in a league format, and that's why I'm I'm a little bit weird against the UEFA reforms, you know, all these teams are going to start playing crappy defensive football in a European thing. You're going to see these these heavyweights, these Goliaths against each other. And that's the magic of Europe right now, is that they actually necessarily most of the time go for it. But there will just be, it will turn into these really boring drab games. I had to sit through Chelsea City at the weekend in the FA Cup, and that was dreadful. I mean, I know we'd have to play them in the Super League anyway, but if that happens every time we play Barca or Madrid, there's just no point watching. You know, that's not what 
playing that other type of club is there is you know you say there's no excitement in European football I remember last season Chelsea fought Ajax fought it was one of the most bonkers games of football I've ever seen it like in a long time and we wouldn't get anything like that ever again and I cannot see that happening the last stages of the Champions League last season were fun because it was a straight knockout I mean, yeah, they're, they're still fun when they're over two. Like, you, like you can't say that. They're not. You can't say you can't. No, come on. <laughs> you, you, you can't say that we didn't enjoy the the Bayern PSG tie. Was only that's only a week old. Stop using facts. <laughs> well, uh, the, the, other, the other argument for the other Ali's... argument for knockout is, you know, it wasn't that long ago. And again, this this comes down to, you know, maybe teams getting to the later stages that you wouldn't normally expect, the teams you wouldn't see in these these kind of tournaments. Was the was the semi final between Ajax and Spurs for two seasons ago, where you know Spurs were dead and buried, and you know, I, I, as an Arsenal man, I don't have any great love for Spurs, as I'm sure you can imagine. But you know, that was a, that, that was a thrill seeing them make the comeback they did, and there's the those stakes don't exist in a European league where there's no relegation. There's just no stakes. There's the old saying: familiarity breeds contempt. Um. I expect that's what would would happen. Um, yeah, I just I don't see. As I said, that to me this looks like they are moving ever more quickly to a closed shop. They were already proposing it anyway. I mean, UEFA's proposals for the Champions League were, were stupid anyway about clubs getting in based on their their legacy success and things like that. You know, UEFA on the innocent and all of this. UEFA and FIFA are, are as responsible as anybody for us reaching this point. Oh, absolutely, um, because they've spent the, yeah. as a little to the point that some some of the, the things that Ali was saying. But for the last sort of twenty, thirty years since since the adoption of the Premier League, they've the administrators have bent over backwards every time the big clubs have said boo. They've got everything they wanted every time. Why would they have thought that this time was going to have been the line in the sand all of a sudden? I guess that's the that's the problem, isn't it? They're at that point now where I think that's why they've made the decision they have to go for it because they think that actually it will be fine. You know, clubs will bend over backwards to to fit their needs, whether it's more money in the existing setup or, or what. And actually, they say, look. You know the Super League isn't going to happen now, but you know here's more money to stay to stay where you are. Um, I just it's just a, it's such a horrible scenario, and I think it would be losing some of that magic that we see in football. You know those FA Cup days where the minnows come out and beat one of the big teams. You know it, it's just something that we'll but just, we gonna, can't see anymore. Would we lose that, Ryan? There because the big teams is a rel- is a relative part. Sorry, of them, I mean, right? yeah. In terms of in terms of the in terms of the, I guess, you know, thinking back to when Derby beat United on penalties, or, or you know, when you, you've got all these teams that you know, you, you unfortunately, big teams are the ones that are United. You're Chelsea's, I mean, I'd say Tottenham and Arsenal, but you know these teams that are relatively big and well known. You know, having a club from League One or League Two beating them, and I said I think the Premier League would move on, and I think as more money, 
I guess as money gets pumped back into the Premier League with these teams leaving, ultimately the broadcasting revenue, whether it would dip or not, whether it would happen straight away, I don't know. Because some people, for some strange reason, do want to watch Crystal Palace versus Burnley. Sometimes they cannot make a good game. Is anyone sort of with me with the idea that, that this could be a good thing for the domestic competitions being left alone? In what way? So, the big comp- the big complaint you have anyway, right, about La Liga, Syria, the Premier League, is it's relatively boring and, and and competitive because Juve win it nine years out of ten, and Barcelona or Real Madrid win it nine years out of ten, and the, the slightly different with the Premier League, but we the the same thing, right? We all know, but. If all of a sudden those teams are gone, do you all of a sudden have a an exciting product where five or six, seven teams can can win all of these leagues at any one point and lots of teams have things to play for and teams are on a more level footing so you don't have games where teams are turning up to park the bus against Real Madrid mm-hmm. because they're just expected to sweep all before them and they're trying to hold on for a nil nil, for example. I can I can definitely see that. I can uh, you know, I think one of the reasons the Premier League is, you know, quote unquote the best league in the world is because it is probably in theory the most competitive league in terms of, you know, any team in the league can be anyone else on a given day you know majority of the time you'll see the favorites in those games win but we will see lots of bonkers results we've seen a lot of bonkers results this season where it just throws everything up in the air it's rarely that you see that in the other leagues uh, as much it probably could do the the game the league's good and i think it would be entertaining but whether you'd lose too much as part of it i think is the problem i think you'd lose too much revenue from either broadcasting deals or, or whatever. And I think that's part of the problem is that there's no such parachute payment type thing as you do when you get relegated in this scenario. There's no way that the clubs leaving, give a little part and gift to everyone else to say, hope you stay, hope you stay good. Here's. But I think the thing is, right, that you can only have so many, only you can only have so many players, right? So we're talking about these teams taking up 300 of the best players in the world or the 300 best players in the world right if you we assume they have squads of 25 ish i mean the next 700 players are still quite good like again i don't think that there's going to be this this huge drop off all of a sudden maybe not in the premier league but in La Liga, La Liga will die. Even in the Premier League, I mean, the Premier League's probably the the hardest example. As you say, the other leagues mentioned, uh, Serie A and La Liga, and like again, no offense to the leagues as a whole, but yeah, if you take it, the three teams, as Emma says, the the rest of the league is is pretty much dead. Um, with England, you've still got good teams there with good players. Granted, you could get some exciting games, but the money will. Drastic, drastically, drastically drop because who's paying to what? Like when you think of the the fans, the fan bases, like the size of the fan bases who are paying to watch these 
company, and that's where the money comes from. That's where the sponsorships. That's where the the TV rights because people are watching them. If these fans, the difference is just now because none of the fans want to go for it. But see it all works out and the fans then still follow the clubs because they love the club you're losing millions and millions of fans watching the Premier League it's the most watched league in the world and it is majority because of the I hate saying the six teams because Spurs are included but I mean Arsenal have been that Champions League you know royalty really for what 20 odd year up until basically the end of 10 years ago yeah yeah granted but again Andy was going back to the mid 90s to talk about the good European nights um, I mean, Chelsea, since Abramovich's money come in, have basically been a mainstay, give or take, you know, two or three seasons. Um, again, United, since the Champions League formed, been in it. Liverpool, where, weren't, where, weren't. They've been in and out, but they're still, because of their previous, they're still that elite club and one of the most watched clubs in the world. The, the, the finances, that's where it'll become really tough for all leagues concerned, is the money that'll come in and sponsorships and and viewing figures, I mean, who again? Who's? How many people are going to then start paying for the Sky Sports package when their teams aren't involved? Again, it's different for yourself, Adam, because your club's still going to be involved. And I, granted, I I just wonder whether, but do people? T- <laughs> the, I get what you're saying about the the being less money, Ali. But do people? T- do people? Like like I'm saying about, there's only so many players, right? So. Granted, a lot of the Everton team are not going to all of a sudden go and be snapped up by one of these Super League teams because agreed they're not considered. They don't pay to watch Everton. They're not considered better enough, right? So correct. But I don't pay to watch Everton. That's fine. That's fine. But what I'm saying is, I don't tune turn in tune in to watch Everton play because I'm oh. watching Richarlison get paid 150 grand a week. <laughs> so if he only got paid 50 grand a week to do that. I'd still be watching. If the money oh, goes, no. the money goes yeah, down. It's not the argument I'm making. Right. Okay. I mean, sorry. It's got to go down because you've got millions of Liverpool, hundreds of millions of Liverpool fans, Man United fans, Chelsea fans, City fans are obviously have grown with the money. They're not going to be paying to watch it. Right. Sure. So that's where the sponsorships come out. That's where the businesses, the investors. Again, a, a point that was made on a podcast today, which I. I, I never thought of before, but Burnley will get a multi-million pound sponsorship on their kit purely on the basis that loads of people are watching the, the product because of teams like Man United and Liverpool are in it. Same goes to La Liga sponsorships. People want to see, because people will tune in to watch a Barcelona or a Messi, they'll, they'll give Cadiz or whoever else who's you know sitting quite low in the league still a, a good sponsorship for their, their shirt sponsors or a, a boarding in the stadium, but if nobody's watching it, why are these people going to put the money into there? Well, that's where the the Super League teams or the Super League, whatever comes of it, I'll get even more money because well, all the businesses will, will go to there. So, it becomes what's where the eyes are. Right, I'm with you. So, so Emma, why will why will La Liga die without without Barcelona? Uh, well, again, here we do things differently. <laughs> 90% of our TV money goes to Real Madrid and Barcelona because <laughs> they pay to watch us. They don't pay to watch Ibar. They don't pay to watch Real Sociedad. And the funny thing is, this is an improvement on when you did separate TV deals. So <laughs> yeah. Exactly, is... <sighs> yeah. We, we're sharing. 
that much. So, right, yeah, okay. There's going to be no money in that league without those teams in it. It's going to die. So quickly, let's quickly get on to the, the other little bit that I mentioned to you about Spain, where some of these teams might be at a, a cheeky advantage. And maybe we've seen the other side of this in sort of from Man City in terms of the City group. But Real Madrid and Barcelona have B teams. Yes, we do. B teams that can't go into La Liga because their A team is there. Yes, there are rules that they cannot get promoted. If their A team were to get kicked out, yeah. Mm. See, this is where it's interesting. Are they going to kick out the B a... team as well? Exactly. I still don't have an answer to this because apparently, what La Liga are looking to do is kick out Barcelona and Real Madrid as a whole entity. So that will include our women's teams. I think from you the have to Spanish League as well. That may, that's a different. But I think you have to, right? Because otherwise, as I said to you. If you allow the B teams to continue and they... Because all Real Madrid and Barcelona will do is just chuck a couple a bit of money at it to get them promoted. Yeah. Have them in La Liga, maybe not dominating La Liga, but at least competing in La Liga, because they, they, they won't really care so much about dominating, but competing. But we'll give them an opportunity to somewhere to sort of nurture talent to bring through to their sort of... to their Super League team. Yeah. It'll become a farm system, like in Major yeah, League Baseball. Yeah, a little nursery. Yeah. <laughs> I, they wouldn't let us do that. I think, Ali, to what you're saying, though, the, to the broader point, right, is that there's a there's an opportunity, though, and I've I've not read all of it, but I, and there was a while ago when I kind of raged against quite a lot of his... I didn't really agree with a lot of his points, but had anyone who's read... Um, Johnny Nick, who read, who writes for Football 365, and he released a book two years ago, which I think was called Can We Have Our Football Back, Please? Which was talking about sort of a complete sort of reimagination of the game and sort of fighting against all these things that that um, make football not work for, for, for the fans, right? And make it work for the owners, which is exactly what this, this Super League is, is doing. And there's an opportunity for the clubs that remain in England to to completely reimagine what that looks like if the if the if the money changes there's the government could go as far as to as to um to work they could work with the government and the FA to introduce a licensing system right where you could then maybe undo some of the damage and get to a german model where you say that you have to have fan ownership of the clubs if you want to be in in the leagues and have fan representation on every board they could sell the rights to uh to terrestrial tv football could be on terrestrial tv now i think it's something like on a good day like six hundred thousand people watch a bt sport game but you put the most mediocre game on bbc one and it'll get five million people yeah, I think actually this is something I've been thinking about in terms of if the money goes from the Premier League, and I think as we said, you know, I think La Liga is going to be a little bit different just in terms of the reliance from the broadcasting deals. But in a way, this is an opportunity. If it obviously happens, is is a way for the rest of the game to reform and restructure. I mean, if money drops everywhere because the Super League's taking it all, you know, the broadcasters aren't going to pay as much, which means that in theory there's 
transfer fees are going to be lower, which, if anything, is probably going to be a benefit. You know, I don't think any of us want to sit here and watch and see a two hundred million pound signing happen. I don't think that's really where the game should be. You know, wages in theory might drop, but transfer fees would drop, and that means uh, the whole game would in theory drop down in price, which means in theory ticket prices would either stay where they are or drop a little bit. Those in theory, those Sky packages, those BT Sport packages would drop. The, 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 one of the main reasons why they have to charge the money they do, realistically, is because they're having to outbid everyone else to get the rights to those games, and therefore they're spending more than they probably would want, and they've got to recoup that cost one way or another. I'm not saying that Sky aren't going to be putting on some healthy margin, because I'm pretty certain they probably will be. But the reason the prices are as high as they are because they've got to spend so much flipping money on getting the rights, so otherwise other people will come in and grab them. You know, Amazon has got pot pot of money that if they really wanted and were allowed, they'd they'd definitely get more games than they they're currently allowed. So I think that there would be an opportunity for the game to restructure and make is that an opportunity where you can actually implement a proper financial fair play, where all the clubs are on an even keel and actually what you see on the pitch isn't more of a who can you, you know, can you outbuy your opposition? But it is actually more about the players on the pitch and would the quality of the game improve? I don't know. But it, there is a thing there. If the money drops, it might not be the end of the world. I think, again, I think that's probably Premier League specific because I think there are the other leagues might struggle more depending on what their deals are. But I think the licensing thing makes sense. You've got German, you know, the, the way that German licensing happens for things like FIFA and so maybe not FIFA but like Pro Evo all these other games where it all has to be individually licensed that's a way of making money that the clubs can get at that's not really going to necessarily hurt the the fan at the bottom of the chain uh, yeah I I just I, I just think there's a there's a possibility for, for there's also the possibility for almost having two completely different ecosystems here right and we, we can sometimes be in danger of looking at it in a binary way and saying it's not going to be in a position where if I want to watch Premier League football, I can't. I, I'm a Premier League fan now. I don't watch the, the European Super League. People can watch both. They can watch neither. They can. People will have the opportunity to pick and choose as they as they want, right? Um, I just. I do wonder. What, I just feel that the tide is is very much. Against, against the club. It, yesterday was, has just been a demonstration in a PR disaster. It's been awful. It, I, I, I could. I don't think it could have gone any worse. If they, if, even if they thought, you know, it's going to be bad. But I don't think it. I don't think it was ever going to be this bad. The reaction from from people. And, it's getting quite personal as well. You know, you watch people like your Gary Neville's who, you know, he's not necessarily railing about the club necessarily, but he's calling out the Glazers, Ed Woodward specifically. And it is people like, you know, Perez's fault. Oh, he was absolutely seething at, at Manchester United and Liverpool, wasn't he, basically? Yeah, and, it, and I think it's pretty obvious. Again, you know, there are 12 clubs here, and I think there are, you know, places like your Real Madrid's, need to take responsibility, uh, would need to take responsibility as well. If you signed up for it, you, you are part of the problem in a way. You know, Chelsea, regardless of whether they were 
backed into a corner as as it were you know it, it's it's irrelevant but but it's obvious who's been the driving force of, of this change of this proposal and it's been united to liverpool and i think you madrid's I, I just think yeah it's getting so personal that i, I mean they're going to push ahead with it anyway because this is what they want but I think there are so many implications for the wider game. I, just, I, I think it's just going to be... I, I, just, I, I think no one's going to know what's actually going to happen. I don't think UEFA will know what decision they're going to make until Friday. And even then, can they realistically even just turn around and say, right, that's it, Champions League's over. Right. So as you say that, Ryan, as, as, as we should probably move towards drawing us to, to some sort of conclusion, let's, mm. let's wildly speculate. <laughs> what do... What, let's go with... What do we think is going to happen in the next sort of... And what do we think is going to happen and what do we want to happen? Andy? You're going with kick him out immediately, right? I, I just think there's there's an arrogance about the whole thing that, that needs to be... Uh, maybe this is just, you know, me being a typical working-class Glaswegian, but I just think there's a, there, is a, there is a kind of middle-class arrogance about this whole thing that I think needs slapped out of them as quickly as possible. Um, I don't know that's, that's maybe a little unfair because I don't think these clubs actually care. These clubs, the end game for these clubs is to get into this European Super League and stop worrying about things like international football, domestic cups and all the rest of it. And I just think that the, the domestic league should help them on their way by saying, cool, bye. Um, do I think that will happen? No. I think the clubs, uh, I think the the organisations will probably back down a bit, at least in the short term. I think long term they might look at the fact that you know these clubs. There was there was reports today that suggested one that um, clubs were already making it pretty clear that they were going to start deprioritising the domestic league. You know, playing weaker teams in those games and start playing the strongest teams in the Super League. So that might change things uh, down the line, but I think I think UEFA will want to make a statement. So I could see them canceling, essentially canceling the Champions League. I do, I do actually think that could happen. I don't think the domestic organisations will go that far. I think they'll let their clubs finish out the season at least and then review. But um, aye, just it's very quick. I just think it's odd that the 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 twelve clubs are portraying this as some kind of real utopian democracy that they're going to enter into when in actual fact the NFL and the NBA show the perfect example of two or three clubs will rise to the top of that league as well and then they won't move and those clubs will be Man United, Real Madrid and Barcelona because they are the big markets, they'll know the small town markets of your Arsenal's, your Chelsea's your Juventus's and so on so aye, the whole thing's just make me very angry <laughs> And but contrary to that, Ali, you're saying nothing will happen. I think I think nothing will happen domestically. I think UEFA will take a stand and will cancel the Champions League. Um, well, FIFA withdraw. I don't think FIFA will cut players out of the, the World Cup because I don't think that's fair on the players who, by all accounts, have had absolutely no input into these discussions. Um, so at most, I think you might see the Champions League curtailed early this season, but I think the domestic uh, organisations will probably back down. Ali, what are you saying? No, 
keep the status quo, let them do what they want? Well, not so much do what they want, but I think they need to, there'll be some sort of negotiation. But the Champions League, there's not a chance they're going to cancel it this year. It cost them far too much money to cancel it. Um, but, I mean, with nothing really officially in place, I think anything that happens now is kind of almost needless. Um, they need to kind of see what plans... Again, I think Ryan mentioned earlier that there should have been a conversation over this whole Champions League proposal um, that I, I think most of us don't agree with the, the proposal of the Champions League regardless. So I, I don't think anything happens for now. I think we just wait and see six months down the line and see where we are. Emma, what's the, what, what, are we, what do you think you're seeing in Spain? Uh, well, Real Madrid have a game on Wednesday night. The president of La Liga says that the clubs involved are traitors. Real Madrid will play their game on Wednesday night. Nothing will happen. La Liga had all of the evidence uh, to punish a racist and didn't. Nothing happens here. It's not how we do things. <laughs> I love La Liga. <laughs> Yeah. It's a paradise. <laughs> Maybe every club should just come and join La Liga. Yeah. Just, come, just come in. Sounds like Panama. <laughs> it's chaos. It's a free for all. Um, it kind of make it feels like this whole season now has, and certainly the end of it has been made irrelevant. I felt like that since March last year. Hmm. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it, I, I just it feels pointless now because what? Right, because what? What? What are you playing for? Even if you win? Yeah, technically we could win the league. Yeah, but can we? Are we going to get kicked out on the last day? So actually, Real Betis win the league. <laughs> I hope is, so. Is that what's going to happen here? We won the cup last week. Did we? Did we win the cup last week? <laughs> They've already engraved the name. It's too late. <laughs> that buffs right out. Hmm. You just replaced I mean, it. Ramos you... dropped that trophy once. It's a new trophy. <laughs> Ryan, what, what, what are you um, you predicting? Predicting, I think UEFA will make a statement. I think there's a lot of. <sighs> What was interesting as well, I'll make this really quick, but there's a bit of personal beef there as well. I don't know if you've seen this, where the chairman of Juventus and the bloke and the main bloke from UEFA that's been talking today, they were apparently like best mates. And the Juventus chairman is godfather to his kid. He's, he's godfather to his kid. And then, he, he, you know, they had a call on whenever it was, Friday. Everything's all good. And then he's just stabbed him in the back. I think they were, you know, as much as you'd like to think personal things won't get in the way here, you know, there will be a little bit of, I'm going to get him back big time. Um, will UEFA curtail the seat? I think they might. I think it doesn't necessarily hurt them to, to miss those final couple of games as much as, I mean, they've got the money. I don't think, I don't think money is going to be a big factor for them in this scenario. Um, they lost lots of games at the back end of last season because they turned it into a one-shot tournament. Maybe they'll invite all the teams back and do a massive one-shot tournament to win it this year. I don't, you know, who knows? Um, all the teams that have been knocked out and aren't part of the Super League. And you just come. Come and win it. 
Well, yeah, well, why not? Ultimately, you know, if, if they're if they're saying right, the teams that are leaving to the Super League are now null and void. Right, people that have knocked them out so far come back in. I don't know. Or you just say PSG, congratulations. Here's another title with an asterisk on it, like last year. And then PSG sign up to the European Super League because they've got the Champions League. <laughs> so, I don't. Why would I think PSG? I mean, ultimately, I, I thought about this. Why would PSG? I mean, I know that they're they're not winning the league right now. But why would they walk away from that league that they win majority of seasons? I think you, the reason players are there because they like to win titles. The five, the five billion dollars. Well, yeah, again, I think it, depending just... on depending on depending on who the owner is, I think is, it, and whether that money is actually the reason why you're going. Again, I think there are clubs who have potentially signed up. The, the rumors are that they've signed up because they don't they don't need the money, but they don't want to be left behind. But it, anyway, so the interesting I mean, thing. Whether you, the interesting thing. The the potentially interesting thing about I thought about PSG is as we've talked about European um, about international football is they their owners have a World Cup to protect. That's true. So there, there's going to be so many moving parts about this whole thing. UEFA, I think, will make a decision. I think they will do something to whether it's the Champions League. And the Europa League, whether it's one or the other, whether it's both, you know, I think they will make a decision for this season, especially. The Premier League, I think, will let it play out until the end of the season. I think, from a financial point of view, right now, they're already hurting. I think it would be bad for them to cut out the season at this point, or maybe deduct points. Maybe it's a thing where it's like, right, you're going to lose 10 points each, in the same, or however many you would if you went into administration. I don't know what that would do to the table without looking at it. You know, I mean, ultimately, a lot of the clubs vying for the top four at this point, it really doesn't matter, surely, because they're suggesting that they're not going to play. Might get Arsenal relegated. (laughs) It could. I say, right, relegate them. (laughs) But I definitely think they 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 need the book thrown at them. I think there needs to be there needs to be a consequence. I think I think what you're saying. I, I personally think what you're saying there is the the right action. Um, I think that. I think that the the rest of football has to has to sort of hunker down and like be prepared for a fight now. I don't think this is the time to be giving more concessions or to so uh, maybe it's a time to call call a bluff perhaps, but I think that um well it clearly isn't a bluff. That, that's not the wrong thing to say is it? There's no bluff to be called, but Maybe it's, it's a, a seismic change. Maybe there's, there's the ability to have some sort of reconciliation. But I think that the best thing to do is to let the season play out with the idea that you potentially we're potentially starting it without them in the next season, right? I think you've got to prepare for that. The one thing I would that. say, the one thing that has to be made abundantly clear is that even if we got rid of six teams from the Premier League, how how... Inevitable is it that Derby still would never be able to get promoted? <laughs> I think what's what's interesting as well as is a almost a, as a quick aside this is that, that there is this meeting with all the fourteen other clubs in the Premier League, and just double checking now is that um, any rules or amendments at the shareholder meeting? I'm fairly sure um, fourteen is the number that can do it. Right, fourteen is the number. Convenient, yeah. Two thirds. So that meeting could go and say, right, what do you want to do with them? If 14 teams say, kick them out, they'll go. And, you know, the room, the, the suggestion is that if they do get kicked out and they want to come back afterwards, they've got to start at the very bottom rung of the ladder. They can't just come straight back in. 
they've got to start from scratch. Um, so it's going to be really... I think that Premier League meeting, whether that's happening tomorrow and the UEFA's is later this week, I think. However that Premier League meeting goes tomorrow, I think it's going to be an indication of how UEFA will go. Wow, awesome. Well, I think, I think that's, that's the best place to leave it. So thank you very much for your time, everyone. Um, thanks, Ali. Oh, thank you. Where can people where can people find you? Where when's your next when have you guys got another podcast out? Well, we are recording immediately after this. Right, uh, okay. For the the games, whatever they matter now. Um, <laughs> and then there'll be an eleven pieces of me out on Thursday, I think they come out. Awesome. Ryan's in charge of that. Awesome. <laughs> Ryan, thank you very much. Where can people follow you? Uh, they can follow me at the Ryan Goodman. And Andy, thanks for thanks for for returning. No, thanks for inviting me. Where can where it's, can people get hold of pleasure. you? Uh, they can catch me on Twitter at Psych Tyson. Awesome. Um, and Emma, we're not going. I'm not going to play this game with you. Chris does it every week. Every week. Cool. So um, yeah, this. By the time you're hearing this, there's already going to be another podcast waiting for you to listen where you can just... Ali, Ali's just basically going to pick up from here, right? We, we don't even need to... We could just not even do an outro. We could just go straight into an intro. Yeah, Dial, let's call Dave and Simon up. Welcome, Dave and Simon. <laughs> and see Dave, you later, Dave's guys. very, very passionate in this. So I'm, I, we're going to get a full-on rant. So, yeah, it's going to be part two. Right, so, good. So, let's hear what Dave has to say. Let's hear what's... Here was again some more opinions like some more opinions of people who are potentially in a position to to benefit. We could call it benefit from their from their club's perspective. Who knows? I but don't yeah. think Newcastle benefits. No one will want to buy them, so Dave will be stuck with Mike Ashley for the rest of his life. Interesting. <laughs> Very interesting. Well, let's hope that look, Dave will have already ranted by the time he hears this, so he won't be too sad. But um, we'll leave it there. So. Um, Right, you can get hold of all of our other podcasts on Spotify. Where is it? Chris makes this bit look so easy. Acast. Acast, Spotify, um, the pod- uh, Apple Podcasts. Wherever you can find podcasts, you will get them. Yeah, on. just search mine on the post. Um, <laughs> we're we're on the, on the... Chris might tweet this out on his lunch break tomorrow. He won't. It, he won't, yeah. He might do. He'll probably pull it on Facebook and there'll be a weird photo on Instagram. So look out for that. Um, Yeah, apart from that, there's nothing else to be saved but to always have your man on the post.